0: i'm loving entering this new phase of life you know just this isn't this the the best because we've we've done our work we've done our our duty you know we've, we've raised kids some of us have had jobs we've we've done the house we've got it to me this feels like this is our time now this is really our time. And when I said to you earlier, I'm working on this, this and that, that's because before that I was always too busy to recognize that, you know, you need to work on this mindset or that mindset. So that's the first thing I just want to recognize is just like, isn't this an exciting time for us women right now? Isn't it, isn't it, you know? And just, I suppose I just want to say, because I was almost 50 when I changed, you know, complete direction and complete yeah, where, how I'm making money without, I don't want to sound, I don't want to be one of these corny, like, oh, just go for your dreams and just do it. You know, just, I don't want to say that, but I do want to say, believe in what, in what you have, that you have something that other people need, you know, just that's so many people say, well, what have I got? What can I, what can, what would I make money out of? Who's going to pay me for that? And I think it's just recognizing that thing that everyone has something that someone needs or needs help with and yeah just just pursuing that I think just 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 going for that.
1: Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast I'm your host Agnes Knowles Boomer. Some people don't like the term but I think like many other words it's all in how you say it My umbrella business is boom with a bang, and I think we should keep that in mind as much as possible. We Boomer Women don't have a lot of role models as we traverse this chapter, so the goal of this podcast is to introduce you to guests who might incentivize, encourage, teach you to embrace your wisdom, our wisdom. With this incarnation of the Boomer Woman's podcast, I'm interviewing people who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at boomwithabang.com. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, message me. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. So let's get started with today's show. Some of my peers talk about bucket lists, you know, things you want to do before you die. Two things that are high on that list are, one, travel, and two, creating a small business. Combine the two, and in my world, that's called a digital nomad. My guest today has lived several variations on that theme, and she's younger than us, with two kids in tow. I'm going to let Liz tell her own story because it seems to have many twists and turns, but there are several reasons why you should listen in. First of all, she's funny and the stories are great. And second, her kids are grown now, so she and her husband are full-time, location-independent and create an income while they're at it. You may want to take notes. Liz Diegel, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast.
0: Oh, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Agnes. I'm delighted to be with you today.
1: (laughs) Well, we haven't even started. We've had a a couple of good chuckles, so this should be good. (laughs) Liz, I know the basics. Um, You're a Brit. You moved your family to New Zealand 14 years ago. And then in 2017, the four of you up six and backpacked around the world for a year. Yeah. Tell us that story.
0: (laughs) Well, it was... Yeah, we were living in New Zealand. First of all, we moved to New Zealand from the UK and uh, when we got to New Zealand, I decided to homeschool my children. So we were already in that, we were in a position where we didn't have to worry about, you know, taking time off schools and things like that, because a lot of people say, how on earth did you travel the world? How did you get them out of school? So that's the first thing you need to know. I was homeschooling my kids. Which was great it was absolutely i i say it was great it was there's <laughs> there's there a lot of tears and things like that because it, but yeah it on the whole it was Who, Who's tears oh always mine always oh. mine yeah. <laughs> mainly in the toilet just like you know just like just don't come in <laughs> yeah it was that that was a whole different journey that was one of those things that again it was something that i'd always wanted to do was homeschool my kids and I couldn't do it in the UK because we couldn't afford to go down to one wage. And if I'm honest with you, when at that time when we were living in the UK, homeschooling was considered a bit weird. You know, it was a bit only, only like, you know, extreme people do homeschooling. And I could never quite get my head around that. But yeah, it wasn't a choice that I had when I was in the UK because of the finance, financial side. And then when we moved to New Zealand, we were in a really lucky position that Brian's wage was just enough to cover me being able to stay at home and I thought I met a a German lady who lived down the road she was a vet and she was homeschooling and my daughter was having horse riding lessons from her and I was talking to her about it and she's like well why don't you just do it and I said oh no I'm not a teacher and you know I wouldn't be able to and she said just do it for a term and see how it goes and so I said oh okay then so I did it for a term and that term turned into 10 years (laughs) so (laughs) that's the first thing you need to know is that 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 We were homeschooling so yeah they got to an age agnes where it was we'd always always wanted to travel the world with our kids me and brian my husband and they were 16 and 13 and we were on this campsite we'd gone on holiday to this campsite and we were sitting there under the stars one night and we started talking as you do about you know well wouldn't it be great if this is all we did you know if we just imagine if we had a life that we could just travel and just You know just be with the kids and we were getting paid for it that would be even better and you know I'm sure everyone has those conversations and all of a sudden we just said are we ever going to do it you know are we ever going to do this thing that we we dream about doing and it was one of those moments where it was just well are we and then we said not unless we make it happen so we'd sat and we put our heads together and we said Realistically, how much would we need? You know, how much would we need to travel the world? And we did all these sums, and we were like, you know, if we if we did it on on a really tight budget, we could probably do it on like a hundred New Zealand dollars a day, which is about seventy US a dollar, dollars a day. So we did it, and we worked out how much would that would be for a year, and I think it came to about forty thousand dollars. Well, at the time, Brian had a plumbing business with a partner and he was really unhappy in that plumbing business. He was working 60 hours a week. He was getting good money, but he was just unhappy. We never really saw him. We just saw him at the weekend. Again, it's one of those things that I'm sure many, many people experience. It was just, you know, and it just sort of hits you and you think, what are we doing it for? You know, what, why, what, what are we doing here? So we just sort of said, "How about you sell your business? You're part of the business, and we take the money and we just do what we've always wanted to do, and travel the world." And it was like, um, "Yeah, but what about our retirement?" And we're like, "Yeah, but let's not think about that now, hey? Let's just do what we want to do." And was like, "Okay." So it's sort of like the ball started rolling, and from there, it was like there was no going back. It was just. We're going to sell the business we're going to take the money and we're going to take the kids around the world for a year and that's what we did <laughs> just that's what we did well you and brian traveled pre-kids didn't you we traveled a lot pre-kids yeah yeah we had like i was telling you before we started recording we worked in canada for six months you know all over europe we, we just we're big travelers and um it was like i say it was always something when the kids were born You know, when people say, well, you better put that to one side now because you won't be going anywhere now you've got kids. And we were always, you know, we're going to prove people wrong. We're going to do it. We're still going to do it. And um, they were right in, in the sense that money and life gets in the way and you don't do as much as you want to do. But, yeah, it was just that realization when they got to that age and it was just are we or aren't we? Decide. Decide now. If you're not going to do it, then stop talking about it. And if you are going to do it, make it happen. And we decided to make it happen
1: you mentioned the kids were your son was 16 was he
0: yes and your daughter was 13 13 13.
1: was there any pushback like especially from like 16 year old about
0: heading out into the wild blue yonder do you know what there wasn't and I think between you and me Agnes this is why I think there wasn't any pushback because they were homeschooled by me who ruled with an iron fist (laughs) I think they thought thought, hang on a minute so we're going around the world for a year you're not going to be making us sit down at the table anymore and doing maths every day (laughs) you know we're free you know this is going to be like a holiday so no they didn't have any pushback the first thing my son said to me was you know he just said so does this mean they won't you know we'll be able to do what we want in the day there won't be any lessons and i was like Yeah, it does mean that because there aren't going to be, we're going to learn by life. You know, it was, I mean, I I went all in. I was like, if we're going to do this, there's no way I'm setting aside time in the day to teach you your grammar, you know, we're going to learn from life, we're going to do the thing that everyone, so they were they were thrilled, they were well on board. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just listening to you and watching you, ruled with an iron fist, just does not seem congruous with the person I'm looking at.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I know when I said that, I thought, I hope that didn't come out the wrong way, but ruled with an iron fist to me means strict. And yeah, I was strict. I was strict because I was scared. Basically, I was scared of getting it wrong, and I was scared of failing them with their education. So, the way I I I did that was to make sure that I was covering all bases. And they, you know, they 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 just did their lessons for four hours a day. They did their lessons, and and yeah, that's how we did it. So when we went around the world, and they found out they weren't going to be doing those lessons, they were they they welcomed it with open arms. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty. If you don't mind me asking the financial question, the four of you traveled on seventy dollars a day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm single. I want you to tell me how to travel on even thirty five dollars a day. I won't even ask for a quarter. I'll ask for half of that. How did yeah. you do that?
0: Yeah, and thank you for asking that question. And we did that by mainly by couch. So it was the it's, when you travel. It's the accommodation that take up the bulk of your of your budget, isn't it? By the way, that $70 did flights. So flights are all covered by we rented our house out while we were away. And the the, the money that was left over after we'd paid the mortgage every month was like something like about, I don't know, $10,000, $15,000. We use that money to pay flights around the world and things like that. Okay. So the $70 a day is just to live. It's accommodation. It's food it's sightseeing it's getting buses around so that's that's what the 70 dollars a day cost and yeah we did that from um, something called couch surfing which i'm happy to go into and also house sitting um, and another thing called servers which is uh, similar to couch surfing but it's a little bit more it's for um, i don't want to say i don't want to say older people because it's not but it's it, it, the people that are in servers are more like our age you know they're more They want to get to know the people rather than couch surfing is just giving you a bed for the night and they're, you know, they're, they're just travelers themselves. But so, yeah, those three things combined, Agnes, we went around the whole of Japan for a month and didn't spend one cent on accommodation in Japan. So that's how we did it.
1: Okay. So couch surfing, like we all know what couch surfing is. You're in a stranger's house with kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, or or you're for people my couch will not hold all four of you i'm sorry like i yeah i need you to expand on couch surfing
0: so couch surfing is it's a bit of a silly name really because throughout the whole time we were away for a year we didn't actually my my son did he had to sleep on one couch but we didn't sleep on one couch so couch surfing is set up by travelers when we were doing it it was free to join uh, you know, it was a free service but now they i think they charge 100 dollars a year to be in that Uh, you know, be part of a couch, be part of the couch surfing community, which is still an absolute bargain. bargain. But when we did it, it was free. So the idea is couch surfing is made up of travellers like me and you that are happy to just help other travellers out when they're travelling. And it's a huge, huge website. You can go in and you can say, okay, I'm coming to Victoria in Canada and I am looking for a family who will host another family, or I'm looking for a single lady who will, uh, who will host me. I'm a single lady. And, you know, and you can, you can find it to the finest details. You can say like, I'm a non-smoker. I don't like, I I, I love animals. You know, I don't love animals. You can, it, it's literally, oh, it's it, it's an incredible service. It's got a bit of a, not, I don't want to say bad reputation, but when people say couch surfing, they imagine dossing down on someone's couch, like you're turning up, it's all druggy, and everyone's just there smoking joints with an old dirty mattress in the middle of the floor, you know? You say that like it's a bad thing. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I had my children believe that for a long time, that that's what they were going to do. <laughs> but the reality, the reality, and I, you know... It, it was, I, it couldn't have been further from the truth. It was just beautiful families, beautiful couples, people who were just willing to just give you their spare room for two or three nights, sometimes longer. I mean, we stayed in Japan with one, one, one family for five nights. And in return, I mean, you just, you get to know these people, you swap stories, you have dinner, you know, you as the guest makes you, you, I, I, this is what I always do anyway and I made sure that we always did it and I would recommend that you anyone else always does it you say I would like to cook you a meal on the second night that you're there please can we cook you dinner and and you know ho- be your not slave what's the word you know when you're you know, be your be, you know. I can't think of the word but, I'm okay you know, with we, slave I <laughs> yeah, will be your slave for the night my children will be your slave for the night <laughs> they'll carry your dinner to your anyway so yeah we made dinner and yeah it's just that 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 reciprocal thing of just meeting people and just sharing stories and helping people out so that's what we did we just we went around the world doing that and at first the first the very first place we did it actually was in america um, we were going over to see Brian's brother in Florida, and then we hired a car and drove from Florida to upstate New York. And on the way, we stopped in Charleston and the very first night, that's the very first time we ever did it, and we couch surf with a a gorgeous lady there that just opened her beautiful she honestly, Agnes, she had this beautiful house in, in Charleston and it was overlooking like this, like this reeds, like this um, I don't want to say uh like a like a swampy sort of reed, but I'm making it sound horrible, but it was beautiful. <laughs> And she had a hammock in, on the deck and it was like overlooking these reeds. And it was just like walking into something that you see in a film, you know, and she just she 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 had two spare rooms and she just said, There you go, there's your room. And I was just I couldn't believe it. I was just like, Wow, this is this is incredible, you know, it's just wonderful. And that that was the generosity of the people around the world that opened their their homes to us. So, so are
1: are the hosts actually I don't know what the word is, you're going to write a note saying, find a better word than slave. And I'm going to write a better word, a note saying, find a better word than, like, do they provide credentials or any sort of recommend? Yes, like-
0: yes they do. Yeah. They've got reviews. They've got oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So you can't just, yeah, you can't just be anyone any tom dick and harry and just say oh yeah come and stay with me because (laughs) you know that that might be a bit dodgy but so yeah you you always look at the reviews and 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 and, yeah just read who they and and they usually put a a a big bio up of themselves i mean i know anyone can put a bio up of themselves but it's not hard to do research on someone is it you know once you've got who they are you can go through the reviews and and even go from the reviews of the reviews of the reviews if you really want to you can really delve in to see But um, I, I mean, we were traveling as a family of four, which I yeah. think was a big, it was a big, it felt safe. You know, I don't, I don't know how it would feel to do it as a, as a single person. I can't speak for that. I can only speak for a family, but um, we always felt safe. And yeah, I, I can't believe that people just open, open their homes to a family of four, and not just a family of four. Like my teenagers are big. You know, and they they take up a lot of space. <laughs> My son's <laughs> are huge, and it's like so. In in essence, it was like offering us place to stay for four adults. Just made me realize how kind people are around the world, just how wonderful and and welcoming people are, and just yeah, it was yeah, it was it was great, absolutely fabulous. So, inquiring
1: minds need to know. Apparently, I'm supposed to ask you what happened to your daughter in Italy
0: about my oh yeah no because if I tell you this story you're never going to go couch surfing and I don't want to put you off
1: well don't put it in your talking note points then
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay oh go on then Agnes you've twisted my arm I'll tell you (laughs) okay I will tell you this story but you, you just promise that you won't take this and think, "Oh, that's it! I'm never going couch surfing." So we would, because this was a very rare. It was a one-off. Everyone else apart from this was really, really great and fantastic. But this one time was a little bit was a little bit weird. So we wanted to stay in Florence. It was the middle of summer. As you know, Italy in uh, is just packed in the summer. There's nowhere to stay. Everywhere is heaving. It's it's expensive. You know you're visiting in the uh, the height of the season and we wanted to go in the middle of the summer so okay we're gonna go couch surfing and maybe people had gone on holiday or whatever i don't know but there weren't many people around that were offering couch surfing in florence at that time apart from this one chap and he had he said you know he he had lots and lots of reviews he'd been couch he had been a couch surfing host for looked like many many years Um, had mostly great reviews. There were some in there that were a little bit dodgy, sort of, you know, like this This is a bit of a weird experience, but I just thought, no, you know, that's fine. If you've got over a thousand reviews and 30 or 40 of them are, are dodgy, then let's just take it as a whole that this is gonna be a good experience. So I applied for this couch surfing and I said, look, we're a family of four, can we come? And normally when you apply for a couch surfing, you know, for someone to host you, it's very casual they'll just say oh look we've checked out your your profile we'd love to have you we're around at that time we've got a couple of spare rooms you're welcome to stay with us and that's sort of like all that happens until maybe the day before and then you say where shall we meet you and and would you like us to bring anything but as soon as I applied for this couch surf in Florence um the, cha- the, the, the the guy said yep okay I'm I'm happy to have you there are a few things that I'll need to know he said and you know the, the First of all, I need to know what sort of food, if you were going to cook a meal for me, what sort of food would you cook? And so I thought, well, that's a bit weird, you know, asking me that months before. I don't know, you know, but just so I said, oh, we would cook you. I said, spaghetti carbonara. I think I'm oh, looking, no. back. <laughs> looking back, that wasn't probably the wisest idea when I'm looking at when I'm staying in Italy. But spaghetti carbonara, the reason we always chose that is because it's so easy and the kids can make it and it's just it's a nice dish you know it's just it's a nice easy dish and yeah so that was the first question so that came back and that passed and then he said okay and he asked a few more questions about brian and what he did for a living and you know what we were doing fair enough you know we're coming to stay in your house i understand that you want to know these questions and then he said to me i'd like to know your body measurements i'd like to know you and your family's body measurements
1: For caskets, or something.
0: <laughs> yes. well, exactly. You know, you, you. I've got a sixteen-year-old son here who watches horror films constantly. He's like, I'm not going there. He's, he's, he wants to know so he can make body suits. He's going to bury us in the garden, and I was like,
1: No, he's just going to add worry. weights and sink you into. Yeah. Oh no, that's Venice. You're safe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I said, Oh, don't be silly. Stop being so dramatic. I said, Don't be silly. That's not what it is at all. He probably just wants to know because. Of you know the, the the how much space we're going to take up in his flat because he'd already told me that he had a top floor apartment in Venice, um, a, a, a three or four bedroom apartment on a top floor. Anyway, so I said, okay, well I'm five foot four, and my husband's five foot eight, and my son's ten foot ten foot eleven. <laughs> you know, so, and so he said, okay, that's fine. I'm particularly interested in the younger younger member of your party. How, uh, how many inches long is she? And I said to Brian, what's what, why does he want to know this? And, um, Brian said, well, just ask him why why does he want to know? So I, I emailed him back and I said, is there a reason you want to know this? And he said, yes, because I'm arranging bed sizes. So I thought, okay, fair enough. Like, you know, maybe he's trying to just decide, you know, what, if he can fit into single bed or two single beds in one room or okay. All right. So she is five foot two or however tall she was. Okay. He said. I look forward to seeing you in a month's time. So we get closer to the month and we're all excited because, well the kids weren't, they were dreading it. They were convinced we were going to be murdered, (laughs) but I was trying to keep things positive. I was like, oh, it's going to be really great. Florence is beautiful. We're going to go and see this and see that and stay with this guy, make him spaghetti carbonara. Anyway, we turn up at the house. And he's standing on top of the balcony waiting for us, leaning over the top of the balcony, looking down into our car, you know, like when we pulled up. And he's shouting, Dekel family, Deacle family, I am here. And we look up and he looks like Einstein. He's got this like masses of white, wiry hair. (laughs) And to make things worse, he was shirtless. So he was stood at the top (laughs) of his pants with no top on, with his wild hair shouting down to my children and me decals I'm waiting for you and I looked at Tessa and she just took hold of Brian's hand and she said oh daddy please can we just go to a hotel and I'm like I said no 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 this is gonna be good this is gonna be brilliant this is gonna be such fun um so we went up the stairs and we climbed the three flights of stairs to his top floor and he he welcomed us at the door and he opened the door and the first thing I noticed about, apart from the fact that he stood there half naked, the first thing I noticed is behind him, there's just masses of, you know, like you see these programs, like these hoarding programs where they have like masses of millions of empty tin cans and papers and all this stuff. And it was just like packed in his in his hallway. And I thought, wow, you know, this is a lot of stuff. So we had to This is literally- why he needed
1: body measurements to
0: clear exactly. a space. Exactly, yeah. That's right. And so I thought, God, this is a, this is a tight space. So I followed him through and he's like throwing his arms in the, He was ever so nice, you know, throwing his arms in, welcome, welcome to my home. Welcome, welcome. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And he said, I'll show you to your room. So in the hallway is one of those beds that they have in hospitals, you know, where you can wheel it around, like, you know, one of those on casters.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. And what, and that was there in the hallway with a curse. With a curtain pulled round, I'm making it sound really awful. With a curtain pulled round it in the hallway next to all the cans and the papers. <laughs> and he said, said This is Sunny's bed. And I said, Oh, that's lovely, Sunny, isn't it? You've got your own bed and you know, you're not on a couch and you're in the hallway next to the cat food tins. And I said, just put your bag on there. It's fine. Because again, you know, we're all together. So we feel safe. This is an adventure, I'm thinking. This is great. And he said, so there's Sunny's there's Sonny's bed in the hallway. And he said, and I'll show Liz and Brian their room. And he showed us our room and there was a double bed in there and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of other stuff piled around, but that's fine because that's fine. You know, it's free, it's Florence, we're together, it's dry, <laughs> we're okay. And so he said, and now Tessa's room. He said, I'll show you where Tessa will be sleeping <laughs> by now. She's literally just clinging hold of Brian's hand for dear life. And he takes us out of, through the kitchen and through a set of double doors, like French doors that go onto the balcony where he would been earlier leaning over and shouting at us. He said, follow me. He said, so we go through the kitchen and we go through the French doors. And I'm thinking maybe this is just like a, a cut through to another bedroom that he's got, you know, that, <laughs> Anyway, we go out and we turn left and we go past all these like flower pots and things. At the end of the deck is a long rabbit hutch. A long, a long rabbit hutch. (laughs) (laughs) With a roof. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. With a long, with a with a roof, and on top of the roof was a few pots of geraniums, and in the side of the rabbit hutch. So imagine a long rabbit hutch that was like all paneled in, but at the end of the rabbit hutch there was a window with a little curtain. I mean, of, you oh, a curtains. coffin with a window. A coffin. There you go. A coffin <laughs> a <laughs> with a little curtain out to the side, and it was just long enough. And he said, he said, just have a look in there. He said, and this is where Tessa can sleep, and he was a hundred percent serious. And I was so intrigued. I said, Oh, let's have this this looks very cozy. I said, Let me have a look. You know, when you were a little girl and you used to make those little sleep out things and you'd make it all pretty with like, you know, cushions and I don't know, there was something really secure about just getting into your own little space. And I said, Oh, this is nice, Tess. And she looked at me and she said, Mommy, I don't I don't want to sleep in there. Can we just go? And we just we just said look, Actually, we, what we're going to do is we're going to let Tessa sleep in with us tonight. And he said, "Oh, look, she doesn't want to sleep in the. She does not want to sleep in this." And we said, "No, no, she get no. She gets a little bit claustrophobic, and she just wants to be with her mum and dad." And he was like, "Okay, okay, no problem." And he wasn't bothered. He wasn't, but he was seriously that is what he had put her. Uh, <laughs> And we got a great photo. I'm going to send you this photo after after we speak on this call. I'm going to send you the photo. Because I said to Tess, just climb in it, Tess. I said, let me take your photo so I can put it on Facebook. <laughs> so she was such a good sport. She climbed in and she just, there's a picture of her looking out of this little window at the side of the rabbit hut. But yeah that was that was the story of the of she the <laughs>
1: crying when she was looking out the
0: window no, she was such a good sport she was just she just like you know when they're bordering on hysteria where they're like laughing but it could really go easily the other way you know where <laughs> it was just no she was she came in with us that, that for those three nights she came in with us but yeah it was just god oh, i just couldn't believe it a rabbit hutch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
1: dear. Okay. Well <laughs> I'll make a few notes when we're done about the <laughs> couch surfing. Oh dear. Okay, so at some point in time you became a travel blogger. <laughs> so I'm gonna be killing myself over this all the way through. Um okay, so you became a travel blogger. Where and when did that happen? like
0: when did you decide? Um I tried to be a travel blogger before we left. Um so about when about three months before we left, I thought, oh, well we're going to go and travel the world and I've got a computer so I'll I'll be a travel blogger and I said to Brian oh we don't need we won't need to worry about money because I'll just do travel blogging because I've seen other people do it and they can make money out of it so I'll be able to do it and I just failed miserably at travel blogging when we were traveling because all I wanted to do was write funny stories and um I don't know if you. I don't. I, I don't know if you know about how people make money out of travel blogging, but how they make money out of travel blogging is basically writing about travel tips. <laughs> and I wasn't doing that, or I certainly wasn't writing things that were attractive to other people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like coffins on the deck.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Why wouldn't you want to do that? <laughs> so I I learned the hard way. I spent a. In fact, I didn't learn the hard way uh, because I, I got some good stuff out of it. I spent the year writing stories, which obviously I turned into a book later on, but I I spent the year writing stories, but stories don't make you money. You know, like I say, writing about hotels and putting affiliate links in makes you money. But I didn't deal with that. I didn't know how to do that. And I wasn't interested in doing that. So when we came home from that trip is when I got serious about, okay, if you really want to do this, like you said earlier, become location independent and be a digital nomad as such. If you really want to do that, then you need to learn how to do proper travel blogging. And I took the next three or four years teaching myself all about that. And now I have got a travel blog that offers very good, (laughs) normal (laughs) advice to normal people that don't do things like i do (laughs) so yes
1: okay so you did become a travel blogger um and then you're following up with youtube pinterest podcasting drop shipping happened in there somewhere you see i I did do do a little bit of research (laughs) oh thank you thank you agnes so what was sort of the uh, what's the calendar the what happened when
0: well, well, we it, it, it all happened when we were just about to come home. We were in Thailand. Me and Brian, You know, we had about three weeks left to go of the year-long trip, and we were in Thailand. And anyone who's ever been to Chiang Mai in Thailand will know that Chiang Mai is, it's full of what you call digital nomads. It's full of people who are just from, from all over the world that come to Thailand to work online, because Chiang Mai is a beautiful city. It's got super fast internet, it's cheap it's got fantastic food, it's got brilliant cafes. So why not come to Thailand and work online and build your business? So wherever we went, whenever we went to cafes, we would look around and see these people working online. And we were like, wouldn't it be great if that's what we did, you know? So we we that was when we actually decided Look, let's look into drop. Let's look into any way whatsoever. We did so much research, and we were like how do people make money online. Well, there's lots of ways people do that. They make it from drop shipping, as you said, and we knew nothing about that. I mean, I mean, you've just been witness. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to record a Zoom call on on my computer. So, I I I knew nothing, and I still know nothing. Brian does that about the tech, technical side of it. Um, so that was quite challenging, just learning how people build a website and sell things online. And but we did it. We just said, you know, like we'll go back to New Zealand. Brian can carry on doing his plumbing on the side. He can bring in the wage enough to cover the mortgage. But in the meantime, I'm going to learn all about travel, writing, uh, making money online, selling things online, what people are willing to pay for online. And we 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 spent the next three years learning all about that. I, I studied, like as you say, Pinterest marketing and, uh, you know, podcasting and all these things that just little bits of money that would come in, you know, like, oh, okay. Well, our podcast makes us a hundred dollars a month. Um, but our drop shipping is now making us $600 a month. So we're nearly at our thousand dollars a month. We need to cover our mortgage. And it just built up like that. Just lots of little things that we kept trying that added into the basket of income that was coming in. And I don't know, well, I do know how, but all of a sudden, four years later, and we were making the same money that Brian was making when he was working full-time as a plumber. And we, we'd done it. I don't, yeah, I, I want to say, I don't know how we did it, but I do know how we did it. We just worked, we just kept on learning and trying and applying and determined. And, and, and our last thing that we did was we started making YouTube videos. Um, someone said to me on Facebook once, oh, you should do videos, Liz. You know, you're 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 really natural in front of the camera. And I would never, I'd, I'd done that before. And I said to Brian, we already had a podcast. And I said to Brian, do you think we should just put the camera on and just video us in New Zealand, just talking about New Zealand? And he's like, yeah, just give it a go. And the first couple of times I was so nervous and it was just so nerve wracking. And then gradually we built this audience. We were just talking about our life in New Zealand. That's all we were doing was just talking about life in New Zealand and then gradually we started building this audience on YouTube and we noticed that people kept asking us about what it's like to live in New Zealand because they were thinking of moving to New Zealand so this went on for about a year and you know I would answer their emails and I would send them messages and I said to Brian how about we start like a community like a paid for community of people who are moving to New Zealand where we have all these resources you know because when we moved to New Zealand there was no such thing as this and and so we did and people paid for it and that was another income that was coming to us and yeah it was just I'm just so grateful you know that's that that it feels like you're helping well you are helping people but at the same time getting paid for it and just it's yeah I, I I just I can't actually believe I'm talking about myself when I talk to you about this because it sounds like someone else's life, but it isn't. It's, it's, it's what we worked for and where we are now. And, yeah, I'm just still very humbled <laughs> by the whole thing that I'm able to do that.
1: The one thing I am hearing, too, and I, I want to point it out, is the fact that, you know, like you hear about overnight successes and, and all the rest of it. But, you know, you did your due diligence. I'm sure you tried a few things that didn't work this has taken you several years to get to a place where the major wage earner in your family, his income is now replaced. Yeah. So it, it, it does take time. Yeah. So listeners start now.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, start now and just little and, little and often, you know, just those small steps of, because I think that's the other thing, Agnes, is you just think, oh, I'll do it and I'll be earning $5,000 a month and, you know, straight away and that'll – cover this and that'll cover that but it isn't it's just those little tiny bits coming in and you've just got to keep going I think you know just it's not a quick it was never a quick win I, that was a mistake I made when I very first started I thought oh this will be easy you know everyone else is doing it so I'll do it and it's just like oh no you know if only <laughs> if only I knew that You just how how tricky it is and just yeah you like you say just keep at it
1: it's the old story it takes. but Five, 10 years to become an overnight overnight success. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> so.
1: yeah. Okay, I don't need to know numbers, but last year you and Brian travelled around Europe and Thailand for six months. Were you still on a tight budget or are you financially comfortable enough now to be able to spend more than $70 a day?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think once a budgeter, always a budgeter. I don't okay. know. I think, yeah, I, I think that yeah. I just, I have, it's probably stems back to when you know my childhood growing up we were always on a tight budget my family would never had much money so i don't think uh even if i don't know i, I think even if you were making like lots of money you, i would never be the sort of person that was like oh yeah let's just go and blow it all on a five-star hotel what we did what the trip that you're talking about was what we did last year when we 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 bought a vintage car in the u.s in the uk and we drove it down to greece I think my biggest achievement in my whole life that is uh, that I can honestly say when I sat with my kids was we were able to afford to fly our children out from New Zealand to Athens, pick them up in Athens, take them over to one of the islands and stay in a, it was nothing fancy, but it was a beautiful little, you know, Greek Airbnb sort of thing, you know. And like I say, it was nothing fancy. It was like 40 euros a night, but it, we were all together. We'd paid for that. We were in Greece. And I just sat there and I remember thinking we were sitting at a a Greek taverna one night. And I remember thinking, we've done it. This is it, you know, they're here, they're with us. We're paying for it. It's just, we've done it. So yeah, it was just, it was was a great feeling. And I don't mind talking numbers. And I know you said you don't need to know numbers, but whenever I'm listening to a podcast, I'm like, please tell us numbers, please tell us, you know, but our goal was always to make 10,000 New Zealand dollars a month that covers everything for us. Like, you know, that covers our mortgage, our living, our expenses, our travel, and we are making that. That's what we're making. So that is enough for us to think, yep, we can travel. In saying that when we went last year, we spent six weeks house sitting in Italy in a beautiful town in Tuscany, overlooking the Mediterranean. We were looking after a cat for six weeks and that was completely free didn't pay a penny because we were house sitting. So I will always have that, you know, just that bargain. Oh, it's just, I just don't think there's any better way to travel than to just think staying in someone's beautiful home, meeting these lovely people, and it's it's costing you nothing. So
1: I should think too that if you're in the community in somebody's home, you're you're meeting the locals as well, as opposed to staying in some grand hotel where the only people you meet are, you know, perhaps a porter or, you know, your server or something, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds great.
0: Can I ask you a personal question? You can ask me whatever you like.
1: Ah, I've had teenagers. <laughs> how yep. did the four of you get along for that year? It's, you know, teenagers are not always sweetness and light.
0: No, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Um, <laughs> how did we get along? We just... We... We just i don't know if it's because like with homeschooling them i just spent i spent all day with them every day these kids and you know when i talked earlier about crying here's a story when you're homeschooling people say to you whatever you do when you're the when you're the teacher when you're the mum or the dad that's teaching them you 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 keep it separate You, you keep your emotions separate this was what i was taught through my homeschooling journey like keep your emotions separate just Always make them feel secure. The kids feel secure, which I get. I do get that. Always make them feel. Don't ever let them see see that you know you're struggling or whatever. I was the complete opposite of that. Not out of choice, just because I couldn't hide my emotions with them. So they saw everything. You know, they saw how I was feeling. I told them how I was feeling, how I was scared to fail them and their education, and why we were doing certain things. And you know that I would talk to them about about everything. You know that was happening. So we've always had a very strong communication me and the kids. It's always been nothing has ever been off limits. You know, it's just but yeah, we've always had that. So maybe that foundation, that's that strong foundation that we went forward with. You know, like I remember sitting outside a train station in Sri Lanka, literally just my head in my hands, and I was like shaking because I we, we were I was take we were going to this house couch surfing place and i was scared you know it was like oh I, I we're in sri lanka we don't speak the language you know the town that we were in was very very poor and very i i just thought you know you get that moment of like what am i doing you know what, what why have i brought my family why are we here and i was scared and the kids were like they just put their hands on my shoulders and they were like it's gonna be okay it'll be an adventure you know and just like that support of yeah. just that two-way support i just yeah it was I just always felt like we were always a unit. I never felt like it was them and us. It just felt like we were always in a unit. They were always we always talked about every decision that we made, you know, where we were going to be staying, what we were going to be eating. So I I I think I'm just very 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 lucky with my kids that I've got kids that are just easygoing and yeah, in saying that, let me let me just tell you a story in saying that. Because I don't want your listeners to think, oh, Miss Perfect. Because there's nothing worse, is there? But look, I, I'll tell you this story. We were we were with our Japanese, and he was such a gentleman. I mean, the Japanese people are delightful. They're just so calm and so gracious and so beautiful. And this gentleman had taken us to a museum, and everything is in Japan is so quiet. Have you been to Japan? No, I haven't. No, it's just it's a it's a very quiet country it's very respectful it's just lovely and and on top of that not only are we in this quietest country in the world and everyone's respectful but we're now going to a museum which is extra extra quiet and respectful (laughs) and I just, we were walking along and just, I was trying. I mean, the kids were just bored senseless. They were like, why are we at a museum? And I said, no, no, you just, you just listen and learn because this is very, very interesting for you at 13 to be going around this museum. And Tessa, my daughter, was behind me and it was deathly quiet. And all of a sudden, I just heard her say, shut up, you pr- PRI. That's it's it's I okay. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, you- Prick. And he said, she said it so loud. She was shouting at her brother. And it seemed to me like the whole of Japan just stopped, turned to me and my children and looked at me with utter, like, what is going on here? You know, she's so... I, I just, you know, when you just want the world to open up and swallow you up. And I cannot believe my daughter has just sworn. Not only that, she shouted it in the middle of a museum in Japan in front of our host. Um, So, yeah, there were times when I said and I just took her by hand and said, we're going to be talking about this later. And it was just as it was. Actually, she still talks about that now. She said, you took my phone off me for a whole month. And I said, yes, I did. I did take your phone off. you. (laughs) That was a punishment for, you know, shouting and swearing and doing this stuff but I just I wanted to share that story because I don't want you to sit there and think oh it was just all so perfect and you know (laughs) everything was just rosy because it wasn't there were times when when you know things like that happened so
1: I think it's okay though for kids to understand that their parents are only human yeah and when they see you going through that whole gamut of life and and your reaction to it is it also makes it okay for them to be nervous or laugh out loud or cry or not necessarily swear obscenities <laughs> in the <a> Japanese music <laughs> but you dealt with it you know whatever they, they do understand there's consequences
0: yeah My, life also has yeah. that so <laughs> I just think I just think communication is just that's the only thing I keep coming back to and it almost seems too simple you know, when people say about raising kids and, and you know, just or whatever, and your teenagers and traveling with them. And I just think, you know, I try and think of a really clever answer or a good answer. But it the answer that I always come back to is just communication, just talking all the time to them, just all the time, just talking about everything. And I think you just hit the nail on the head there. It's just, just letting them know that it's okay, that nothing is hidden. It's just, I wasn't brought up like that. Were you? Were you brought up like that?
1: Oh hell no! No, I mean it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I I did try to bring up my kids similarly, with varying yeah. degrees of success, I'm sure. But uh, I'm still close to my kids, and they're all in their late thirties now, so I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so you've hinted at the book a couple of times. Tell us about the book.
0: The book is is, uh, is a is a collection of those stories that I've just been telling you about. It's just. I wrote them all down and I would put them on you know I would when I was supposed to be being a travel blogger and instead was writing about things like rabbit hutches. People that followed me on Facebook would say you should turn this into a book, you know, you should tell these stories in a book. And so, two years ago, that is just what I did I just thought yeah I I do want to share this I, I do want to turn it into a book. So I put them all together and it is called the Travel Bog Diaries and and turned it into a book.
1: <laughs> okay, so we need to just clarify that it's a the Travel Bog, not blog. There's no L in that word. Do you want yeah. to explain your, your Anglicism there, please?
0: <laughs> the reason it's called Travel Bog, well, for a start, it's... So as I just told you, it was I'm going to be a travel blogger. And so I thought, right, I'm going to have a travel blog. And then once we started traveling and these stories started happening and I just used to go and hide myself away in the loo and just, just to have some space away from, oh, there's the other thing you see, there's the other thing that you said about success. Just go in the toilet a lot of the time, wherever you go. <laughs> Just get away from your teenagers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would go in the loo and I would just sit there and I'd just think of all these things that had happened and how I was going to write about them. And you will know this because you told me earlier that your mum was from Manchester. So you will know that the word bog in Northern England means toilet. So if you say, I'm going to go to the bog, it means I'm going to the loo. So it was kind of a a, a play on the the whole I didn't make it as a travel blogger, but I did make it as a travel bogger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in your talking points, you mentioned that your editor told you to take out very vital parts of the narrative that you thought were hilarious, but she thought were too much for other women. Now, I I have no concept of too much. <laughs> so what did you take out?
0: <laughs> oh, there was there was. Um... Uh, so the book is, is is the way I've written the book is, is the stories of, of what's happened, but I do like little asides of what I'm really thinking. So that, you know, you know, like you see sometimes when they're, you know, written in italics and it was what I was really thinking. And I didn't hold back on what I was really thinking. And we all, you know, we all have those thoughts sometimes that you think, oh, I could just murder you right now. You know, it's just obviously you're not going to say that to your kids, but it's what's going through your head, you know. <laughs> And I wrote those sort of things down. And she said to me, you know, I don't think it's a good idea for you to be saying that you want to kill your kids. And I was like, yeah, but I did. And she said, yeah, but, you know, you can't admit to that. (laughs) And, And funny enough, it was, and you might be able to speak for this, you know, being in Canada, but it was she said the the british audience might find that funny but the americans won't and i really struggled with that because i've got a lot of people americans um and canadians in my audience and they're just they're like no we 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 get it we love it but i think what she was trying to say to me in her defense was if you want to appeal to a wide audience then take those things out because they're going to think you're a psycho they're going to think that you're a crazy woman you know just take them out and I couldn't. I could. I just couldn't. And I said, "So if I don't, then I'm just going to please that smaller audience. But at least that smaller audience will be we'll love you a true audience. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, it was something that um, I, I, I'm an insecure person anyway. Uh, but so to have someone turn around to me and say that's not good. That needs to come out. It was a. It was a battle for a long time with myself of like. Do I do it to please or do I do it to remain true to myself? And I chose to remain true to myself.
1: Oh, okay. So it does have all those side thoughts. It does. Yeah. Oh, good, good. No, that's and that's fair. And I think your whole personality would suggest that. Yeah, like how long do you have to hold their head underwater? You, know, like, you, you don't mean <laughs> it. So it's just an woman. experiment. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> oh dear. I've had a similar experience yeah in the past where somebody said oh my god don't say that in public yeah but it's like you know. <laughs> where yeah. does your mind go that that's what you think but mind you i didn't use word like words like kill no okay anything you do differently
0: anything with the trip or the book or anything in
1: the last since 2017
0: anything i do differently no I mean,
1: besides your choice of accommodation in Italy, perhaps. Yeah,
0: yes. (laughs) I'd still do that because, again, it's a story and it's it's, it's experience. But anything I'd do differently, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything differently. I would just maybe not give myself such a hard time, you know, that whole doubt, -doubt Mm self-doubt thing that we have. Uh, But that's something I'm working on personally. It's just that's just something I need to carry on. That's, That's an ongoing thing. But just, yeah, just that's. Even just talking to you earlier when you said, you know, tell me what you do now and you're making money and online and even just saying that out loud still seems to me um, a little bit show-offy, you know, a little bit. And I've got to get, I, I'm, I'm trying to work on that, that no, you know, you've worked for it, it's fine, but there well, is something...
1: Well, what I was going to say is, is it's fine insofar as the, one of the reasons you're on this podcast is not because you're hilarious and you come from next door to where my mom live. Um, it's the fact that, that you are doing it. You are living proof that it can be done. So mm-hmm. you have to claim it so other people can look at you and say, oh, my God, if she can do it, maybe I can do it, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so if you don't claim it, then, you know, how many people are going to miss out on their dream?
0: Thank you for saying that. That's so true. And that's that is my one. That is that that's why I always try and remain true and, and 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 keep it real. Because, like I say, I look at people and think, how? How how are they doing? But if you if you look at me and just think, well, she can do it. She's a nutter and she can do it. She doesn't perhaps record a Zoom call. So um, you know, it gives it like you say, it's it's hopefully that inspiration. And just that is so thank you for recognizing that. I appreciate you saying that.
1: Well, you know, and at the risk of insulting you, you're a relatively normal person. Yeah. And by that, I mean, you know, you don't have this extensive business background. You weren't CEO of some company at age 25. You're, you're a mom with kids and family and you've, you know, done a few things the hard way, I'm sure. And, yeah. and yet now you're earning a pretty decent salary that allows you to yeah. do what you want to do.
0: Yeah. So, okay. and, it's, and again, it's the, it's the same with the travel, you know, people will reach out and just say about traveling and, um, you know, how do you do it? You know, it's just like you just do this. It's just you just do that. You know, it's just yeah. it isn't. And before I did that, I used to look out and think, how do you need to be? You need to have special skills to be able to do that. And you don't. You just don't.
1: you do have to learn a few things but that's okay what haven't I asked you about your adventures and your life and life as a digital nomad is anything I haven't asked you
0: I think you've asked me some brilliant questions I think you've done a great job I just feel like all I've done is talk so that's um, that's
1: the point it's a conversation and yeah yeah. (laughs) the stage is yours (laughs) the microphone is yours okay our listeners are older than you some of them are single uh, they're a pretty game lot. Any advice for them if they decide to travel on a shoestring and or pursue that goal of digital nomad?
0: First of all, I would just like to say that I, um, I, 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 I've, I'm loving entering this new phase of life. You know, just this isn't this the, the best because we've we've done our work we've done our our duty you know (laughs) We've, we've raised kids some of us have had jobs we've we've done the house we've got it to me this feels like this is our time now this is really our time and when I said to you earlier I'm working on this this and that that's because before that I was always too busy to recognize that you know you need to work on this mindset or that mindset so that's the first thing I just want to recognize is just like isn't this an exciting time for us women right now? Isn't it, isn't it, you know? And just, I suppose I just want to say, because I was almost 50 when I changed, you know, complete direction and complete, yeah, where how I'm making money. Oh, Without, I don't want to sound, I don't want to be one of these corny like, oh, just go for your dreams and just do it. You know, just, I don't want to say that, but I do want to say believe in what in what you have that you have something that other people need you know just that's so many people say well what have i got what can i what can what would i make money out of who's going to pay me for that i'm just going to share a really quick story and and then i promise i will i will let you go but there's a lady on my email list and she's a size 18 and she used to do she used to be a yoga teacher and she just said to me what what have i got and i said so hang on a minute you're a size 18 and you you know yoga yeah and she said yeah I said, please, 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 please start a a size eight, a a, a plus size yoga class, please do that. And she's like, well, and I said, do you know how many women are put off going to yoga because they are scared they're gonna get there and everyone's gonna be stick thin and super flexible. Can you imagine how wonderful it would be Agnes to just go to a class where everyone was just like, you know, not, not this perfectly size eight svelte, flexible, how wonderful that would feel I said to this lady I said you have got such a gift you know you've please share that and I think it's just recognizing that thing that everyone has something that someone needs or needs help with and yeah just just pursuing that I think just 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 going for that and
1: I, I yeah. had almost that exact same conversation with the woman 10 years ago so did you yeah Yeah. And I I do want to say that I'm going to take this last two minutes of what you've just said and email it to you so that when you have doubts, you listen to yourself.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you.
1: you. Okay. One more personal question.
0: Yeah.
1: Favorite New Zealand wine, red and white.
0: The name or the, or the, or the, or the, you know, the, so it's, (laughs) you know, okay. Yeah. Always a New Zealand Pinot Noir and red. Red, red Pinot Noir, New Zealand. Um, I also love Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc, New Zealand, okay. um, especially their fizzy version. That's really nice. Oh. Yeah, it, it's it's fizzy Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc. And it's it, honestly, it, you, you can't taste the difference between that and champagne. In fact, I think it's nicer and it's only $18. So whenever we want a celebration, we're always like, let's go and get some Oyster Bay. It just is, it's lovely. Okay. But I'm a red I'm a red girl <laughs> yeah I am
1: too but you know if you need a bottle of champagne like wine um, yeah Easter Oyster Bay
0: sounds fabulous. Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc is delicious it's really lovely and any Pinot Noir I think it's called Hunter Way or something like that I'm, do you know what I'm, I'm gonna hands up and I'll tell you this now I'm not a wine connoisseur I, I'll just I just drink anything that tastes nice um, I'm not. You know, <laughs> and when people say, "Can you?" I'm just like, "No, just give me whatever. It's fine as long as it tastes nice."
1: <laughs> Next time you're in Canada, come on over. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> you're like my mini me. I can't believe this. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, where do we find you on the worldwide web?
0: So I'm on. Well, my name Liz You can go there. That's that's a website that I have. I also have a podcast that I host with my husband. And Brian every week and that's called it's a drama and my book is called the travel Bog diaries so you can get that by going to the travelbogdiaries.com.
1: okay that's great I was just going to mention to you that you're it's a yes oh you have Liz Deacle yeah. as well just I minute. do oh, yeah. okay I, I am do. on I have another monitor over here I am yeah. on it's a drama and that seems to be home to many many things blog podcast that's right
0: well the it's a drama is my is my travel blog that I make yeah. the money on. So that's yeah. that's the one we were talking about. So yeah. Oh
1: okay, that's great. Okay, so basically you're on social also. You're everywhere on social.
0: Uh try to be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not great on social, I must admit, but yeah.
1: <laughs> that's great. Okay, website link will be in the show notes. All of the links will be on your page at our website. Listeners, if you have thoughts on today's show, please talk to us. Leave comments where you're listening, you know, like on Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening at the Boomer Woman's podcast at boomwithabang.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there. Leave stars and reviews where you can. They help us grow. Share this episode. Liz herself is worth sharing, but her story is also a great incentive, with tips, to try some variation of budget travel and or creating an online business i've mentioned it before but i have a page on my website with ideas for earning extra money many of them are online i'll put that link at the bottom under liz's links liz deagle thank you for being my guest on podcast today
0: thank you so much agnes i've absolutely loved this it's been brilliant thank you
1: i've had so much fun i have a great rest of week
0: and you too Bye. bye bye